Welcome to the Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. Lord God, I thank you for sending us your word, your word incarnate Jesus Christ, that we might see light in your word, the Bible, that we might have our lives illuminated by it. Thank you for your spirit's work in opening up your word to us. God, would you shine your light into our hearts today and do what you want with us. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, again, welcome. I'm glad to see you. Welcome to those who are online. We are in the season of Lent, the season that began last Wednesday on Ash Wednesday, a season that runs right up to the Saturday before Easter morning. And this word Lent comes from an Anglo-Saxon word that means length. You can see that built into the word. Lent always occurs during this transition from winter into springtime, a time when, when days are getting longer and brighter. We sometimes think of Lent as uh, perhaps a little bit of a somber season. And it is always invited to prompt us to times of reflection, times of introspection, when we look inside ourselves and see how is it going with us, particularly in our walk with God, and how might we be intentional in this season to grow in our relationship with God. But together during this season of Lent, I want us to consider too how, how God's light is unfolding in our lives how he continues to shine his light into us, how around us in the world we can see God's activity if we stop and pay attention. We can see how God is shining light into our walk with him and enabling us to walk more faithfully, to see the ways of the kingdom more clearly. We'll see as the days get lighter and brighter that there are brighter days ahead for us when it comes to our growth and development as disciples of Jesus. We'll discover that God doesn't want to leave us in the dark. Because it's always been part of God's plan to bring light and brightness and clarity into our lives, into the lives of the people whom God created. As we heard read from Genesis 1 this morning, light was actually the very first thing that God created. It's the very first thing that God spoke into existence. When there was darkness hovering over the surface of the deep, we're told that God said, let there be light, and there was light. Somehow before the creation of sun, moon, and stars, and any other source of light that we might think of, there was light in the darkness because God said so. God's presence, his activity, God's will were somehow enough to produce light, to shine on the darkness of the primordial deep. This account from Genesis 1 reminds us of another scene way over at the other end of the Bible in the book of Revelation. If you look at the second to the last chapter of that book, way toward the end of Scripture, we're let in on a vision that was shared to the apostle with the apostle John. He was given a virtual tour of the new Jerusalem, the city of God, that would descend at the end of human time. 
And in this tour, in this vision, John walks around the city and he writes down what he sees. He writes that he did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of the Lord gives it light. And the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. So John says at the end of the time, when when there's this new heaven and new earth and new city of God, there won't be a temple because the people will be able to worship in the presence of the Lord and the Lamb, the Father and the Son, face to face. And there won't be a need for lighting, for sun, for, for moon, for lamps, because the Lord Almighty and Jesus Christ provide all the light that's needed. And so we hear in Genesis 22 uh, an echo of Genesis, or excuse me, here in Revelation 22, an echo of Genesis chapter 1. These are bookending stories of God's presence being light. Since the dawn of creation, God himself has been light. God has been the giver and bringer of light. God's plan has always been for there to be light in the darkness. As the creation account of Genesis 1 unfolds, we discover that in what the writer of Genesis calls day four, God does provide long-term sources of light that continue on apart from his direct presence. God said there, let there be lights in the darkness, in the void of the sky, to separate the day from the night. Let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years and let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light to the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate the light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. Even in times of darkness, God wanted there to be plenty of light. The closest star, the, what we call the Earth's sun, provides ample light during the day. But even the more distant suns that we call the stars of the universe light up the night. They add their illumination to that of the moon. Even starlight can be enough to travel by when it's otherwise dark. Jesse, I'm going to quote you here without your permission. I hope it's all right. So I've gotten to know Jesse a little bit and found out that he's a fellow lover of nature and hiker uh, and found out that he really particularly appreciates hiking at night. Uh, Going out under the moon and the stars. We talked about how sometimes... uh, He's usually out there by purpose. Usually if I'm out that late, something has gone wrong with my hike. (laughs) 
But we both have been out enough to know that, that actually you can usually get around okay. Uh, certainly if there's a moon, as your eyes adjust, get accustomed to the, the relative darkness and pick up what sources of light are there, it's enough to, to travel by. And then even sometimes without a moon, as we feel our, our pupils widen, we take in the light that's there, we find that we can, we can navigate. These celestial lights are described in the Bible as evidence of the handicraft of God. The psalmist wonders aloud, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? And the writer of another psalm declares, the God determines the number of the stars and calls them each by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. The stars of the universe point to the power of our creator, God. And they also reveal God's plan. God's plan that the people he creates, the creatures he made, would not stumble in the darkness. God has always designed and desired to light their way. That's why the creation story in Genesis is, is structured to show that God actually had lighting fully in place before the people God created needed to live in it. Proper illumination has always been a part of God's plan. Chris, I'll ask you to bring up the house lights if you can. What, you may need to shield your eyes if you've adjusted to the darkness. Thank you. God's always wanted his creatures, his beloved people made in his image to have light to walk by. And this is precisely the plan we see unfold in dramatic fashion when Jesus Christ appears on earth in human flesh and in the middle of human history. I'm sure the Apostle John was reminded during his vision of the new Jerusalem of day one of creation, reminded that God himself is light, reminded of the primacy of light among God's creative works. And I'm sure that John had the Genesis creation account in mind as he wrote the opening lines of his gospel, which we heard read earlier, that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. John declares the presence of the Word, Jesus Christ, at creation. The Word, Jesus, wasn't created, but somehow all things were created through him and for him. There's nothing that's been made, John says, that wasn't made through the word, Jesus. And life itself is found in him. 
And then John tells us something fascinating. He says, the life that's found in and through Jesus is the light of all humankind. To encounter the life that Jesus offers is to receive the gifts of both life and light. God's plan from the beginning is that the people he created would never need to walk in darkness. And so his plan always included the coming of Jesus in the flesh. John writes that the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world, referring to the arrival of Jesus in flesh and blood, identifying with humankind, with us in human form. He was pointed to and announced by John the Baptist, who himself was not the light, but who pointed to the light and said, behold, the Lamb of God. God lit up creation in preparation for the arrival of humanity. God himself led his people, the Israelites, through dark desert nights in the form of a pillar of fire. God sent his people prophets who through their words, their messages from God, illuminated the way that God intended his people to live. And then, at just the right time, when it seemed that darkness was closing in once again on the people of God, God sent his son Jesus. Sent his son Jesus as a spotlight shining on the Father and as a beacon drawing people to himself. John goes on. He, the word, was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Jesus called himself the light of the world. He lit up the darkness around him. He illuminated the path that people could take so they could come close and stand by his side and learn the ways of the kingdom. John says many people didn't recognize Jesus. It's as if in a way they were blinded by his light. But to all who saw the light of Christ as an invitation to follow him, to all who received Jesus, to all who believed in his name, to all who saw Jesus, the reflection of the Father, just as the moon reflects the light of the sun, God gave the right to become children of God brothers of Jesus himself. Now this morning, we're just getting started in this season of Lent, our journey together. Just beginning our exploration of the unfolding light that God wants to shine in our world and into our lives through the person of Jesus Christ. And in the weeks ahead, we'll be anchoring our time in John's gospel John, the gospel writer who more than any other talks about this distinction between light and darkness, between life and death, as he opens up for us stories of the life and the teachings of Jesus Christ. And as winter turns into spring, as the days lengthen around us, as our sanctuary brightens over this season as well, it's my prayer that, that we'll see God's light in a more and more unfiltered way at work in our lives. We'll see God shining his light into every corner of our lives, even those places that we have to admit are pretty dark. 
even those places we'd have to admit we'd rather perhaps not have God pry and shine and expose. But it's my prayer that God would be at work driving out darkness from our lives and around us in the world, illuminating the path for us to growing faithfulness as we seek to follow Jesus. We need God's light. We're meant to walk by God's light. God has always provided light for his people. God's word says that God himself is light and that in him there is no darkness at all. Amen. Please join me in prayer. Father, creator of light, we worship and praise you this morning. We thank you for shining light into our lives, for revealing to us your son, Jesus. Thank you for shining light into our lives, even when it's painful. Thank you for revealing to us the true light of the world, Jesus Christ. God, in this season of Lent, we ask that you'd help us to keep our eyes on him and perhaps see him even in a new light, that his identity, his person, his divinity, his teachings, and his call on his lives would this season be drawn into sharper and brighter focus. God, thank you for light in the darkness. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.